0: figured out for made by WWE official Adam Pearce wait a minute guys oh my gosh what an ovation the roof has come off here at the University of Nebraska wow So that was from June 20th, Vince McMahon. So the week before that on SmackDown, which would have been what? The 17th, I suppose. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. (laughs) Uh, That was when he announced that he was stepping down as uh, CEO the previous week. But also, by the way, I'm going to make an appearance on SmackDown. And he did. And he said nothing, really. He said, uh, you know, uh, together." For, he just kind of, kind of. He didn't say much. I we didn't know what to expect, right? Because he's got all these sexual allegations and whatever the hell payoffs and nonsense that he's doing. And uh, he, he, he came out on SmackDown, and you were like, "Okay, what the hell is he?" You know, he's like in the Wall Street Journal, like he's like top news right now. Vince McMahon pays. Three million dollars hush money for you know some girl he had an affair with that worked for the company. Which you know, I I was listening to Busted Open at that time. You know, when there's a big wrestling news story, I want to listen to even though I largely can't stand Busted Open and used to love the show. Uh, when they had Larry Dallas and when they had Doug Mortman, still it was great. Dave LaGreca was the weak link of that whole trio. And so naturally he's the he's the host of it. He's the one who's gonna be doing it forever and ever and ever. That's it it seems like that's always how it goes. <laughs> like something's like really good, and you're like, oh my god, this is awesome. You know, it happens in WWE all the time. It's somebody who's just like so good and they just don't stay that long. It's 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 quality over quantity, and then the other person who's like, eh, someone who's just kinda eh, they're okay. And they have like a twenty or thirty year career, you know. I was just thinking last night. I was watching the rivals thing on A and E. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock, and their rivalry. Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels and their rivalry. And then they had Undertaker and Kane. <laughs> Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. That's one of my favorite feuds ever. Those are my two absolute favorite wrestlers of all time. Um, I love Stone Cold. I love The Rock. I love Ric Flair. I love Macho Man Randy Savage. There's, there's, there's too many to to, to name, um, and then obviously there's tons of Razor Ramon, Diesel, One Two Three Kid. I, you know, I love the Click. I love Owen Hart, one of my favorites of all time. But Brett and Sean are just—they've been my favorites in this pretty much the entire thirty years that I've been watching wrestling. Big, 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 big fan. And they had the thing on their rivalry, and it's just so funny because the, the the actual feud itself, I mean, yes, when Shawn Michaels was in the Rockers and Bret Hart was the Hart Foundation, yes, they had tag team matches. Yes, the Rockers beat the Hart Foundation for the tag team titles in a match that never aired and a title change that technically never happened because the ring ropes broke during that match, and therefore, uh, I don't know why they didn't just redo the match another time fix the ring ropes and uh, i i I, you know today they would have worked some magic and figured it out um well today it probably would have happened live so they would have had no choice but anyways you know so they kind of were feuding as a tag team bret hart and Shawn michaels they kind of had, you know, the 1992 Survivor Series, they had a one-on-one match. But I, it wasn't that much of a feud. The next year, it was supposed to be Bret Hart and the Hart brothers against Jerry Lawler and the Knights of the 1993 Survivor Series. and It ended up being Shawn Michaels because Jerry Lawler had to step aside for a few months because of the statutory rape stuff that he was, uh, you know, he liked some young, that Jerry Lawler. Anyway, so he was out of Survivor Series. Shawn Michaels was coming out of a suspension, and uh, and they built him into a feud. And they had in a very short amount of time, you know, they had Shawn Michaels making fun of the uh, Helen and Stu Hart, and you know all that stuff. But it was just really it was a vehicle to get to where they really wanted to go, which was to have Bret Hart versus Owen Hart and have that feud, that rivalry, uh, kick into gear. So even in like 1992, 1993. 1994 there really wasn't like a feud with bret hart and Shawn michaels they were always kind of rivals you know brett would get to the thing first and then sean would get there you know brett would win the tag team titles and sean couldn't quite do it until later when he was with diesel or with stone cold then brett won the intercontinental title and sean was kind of chasing that but he you know, he never beat Brett for the Intercontinental title. He became Intercontinental champion uh, like two months after Brett lost it to the British Bulldog. So Michaels beat the guy who beat Brett Hart for the Intercontinental title back in 92. But they were, you know, and then by like 1995, like Sean is almost there. And then by 1996, now they are, you know, they're equals. Sean and Brett, the Ironman match at WrestleMania, great feud, great buildup. Uh, seems to be like some legitimate bitterness there. Um, and then after that match, Brett left. You know, he he was done for you know, his contract was up, and he resigned. And he came back, and the feud that he was jumped back in with was with Stone Cold Steve Austin for the Survivor Series in '96 and WrestleMania '13 in '97. And then over that summer, like they kind of like Shawn Michaels was sort of in and out and he was feuding with the Hart family. You know, they would have a lot of that's when it really got personal where they have Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart in the ring at the same time or not even, you know, Michael's super kicking Bret Hart under the wheelchair and, uh, you know, Sunny Days comment and all that stuff. And, um, you know, and then it led to Shawn Michaels, uh, you know, accidentally hitting The Undertaker with the steel chair at SummerSlam and being the referee and having to count the three count where Bret Hart won the title. But then it was then it was on to Shawn Michaels feuding with The Undertaker. <laughs> and then, <coughs> excuse me, and then the buildup was Survivor Series. So it was like when you think about that rivalry and then they screwed Bret and he went to WCW and then there wouldn't be anything with Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart in the same You know, in the same city together, let alone the same building or the same ring until 2010 when Bret Hart finally came back and actually had it out in the ring with Shawn Michaels and they shook hands and they hugged and it was a legitimate moment. And they are look, they're never I I don't think they're going to be vacationing together anytime soon. I don't think they're going to be having Christmas dinner together anytime soon, but they're okay. They're good. They've like, you know, they've forgiven one another They've, you know, a lot of the bitterness has been let go. Uh and it's and it's good. But it's like when you I was thinking about it, I'm like, Jesus, I mean, that's one of the greatest rivalries, in my opinion, one of the greatest rivalries ever, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. And it really wasn't that long. We could have had and and as Bret Hart even said in the rivalries thing, uh, you know, if 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 it hadn't gone down the way that it did, and he was screwed out of the title and you know bitter against the WWF for years and years and went to WCW like he just said imagine you know what else Shawn Michaels and I could have done like the matches we could have keep kept having uh, you know how long that feud just it could he's you know that could have been Undertaker and Kane Undertaker and Kane is a thing a storyline that went on for you know 20 years basically over 20 years and other than like the first 8 or 9 months of it I really wasn't all that interested in anything uh, I never liked... I liked Kane when he first showed up. I'm like, okay. And when I realized it was Isaac Yankum playing Kane, it was kind of like, eh, I mean, he's a big guy, so okay. And Undertaker and Kane had the feud leading to WrestleMania, and then they had a rematch, the Inferno match after that. And I kind of thought, okay, I guess that's enough of Kane. He'll be gone now. And no, he's going to be around forever. <laughs> and I guess that's what I'm saying, is when the people that you really... The things that you are really... Just going back to my comments on Busted Open, I, I know this is a complete detour, a comp- not even a detour. It's just complete tangent from what I was trying to say. But on Busted Open Radio on Sirius, it was Mo- Mortman, Lagreca, and Larry Dallas, and the other two were really, really good. I loved their insights. I thought they were, you know, had good voices, good everything was good. Lagreca was the weak link. He's the one that's still there, and he probably will be for many, many years and many, many decades to come. (laughs) Um, Just as Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels was one of my favorite feuds of all time, and it really, from start to finish, it was five years. And within that five years, you take out the actual feud, it's maybe 12 months I mean, it's like nothing. Rock and Austin, that really was, a, you know, that that went from like they started feuding in 1997 and then it ended in 2003. It's six years. It's not much longer than Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, but at least there was nothing left for Rock and Austin to do together. I mean, sure, they could have kept having more matches and they'd be great, but they had three great matches at WrestleMania. They had tons of stuff in between, tons of stuff on the microphone, just a a great rivalry stuff when rock was a bad guy with the corporation the attitude era stuff when you know uh, when austin turned i mean it was just uh, you know but it was it wasn't very long and then the least interesting of 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 all the rivalries and feuds and stuff coming out of the whoops the least interesting coming out of the 1990s whoopsie was uh was bret hart or, geez, was kane and undertaker like I said, Kane showed up in 1997. It was a great buildup. They gave it a great backstory. You know, the Undertaker like <laughs> set his house on fire and killed his parents. They burned him. He burned his parents alive and he burned his little brother Kane in the fire too. In all these years, he thought Kane's dead. And Paul Bearer comes out and he says, Kane's alive, Undertaker, Kane's alive. And then, uh, and then Kane shows up. At the pay-per-view where Shawn Michaels and Undertaker are in the first ever Hell in a Cell match. And it was a great debut for Kane. Tombstone Undertaker. Shawn Michaels wins. It was just awesome. And then it led to a match at WrestleMania that I didn't care about. But it's like, yeah, all right. I mean, that's the match they have to have. And they're, you know Undertaker will win. And then that'll probably just about be the end of Kane. At least I thought. Because um, I didn't think he was all that interesting. <laughs> but it's you know but that's how it is my you know my my favorite tall wrestler was big daddy cool diesel and obviously he was in WWF for 3 years and yeah he came back later briefly in 2002 2003 and he's made appearances here and there he was back in 2011 had a couple matches and 2014 he was in the royal rumble and he's he's always kind of around but like that's the guy that i would have liked to have seen for 20 years and i know not everybody would agree with me on that but instead we got kane for 20 years as far as like big guys and i i think he is one of the most uninteresting characters one of the most uninteresting wrestlers i didn't care about watching his matches i didn't care about anything he did on the microphone it was just here's a big guy with a mask okay and then and then some intrigue around like taking the mask off And obviously on this Rivals program on A&E, it's done by WWE. So, of course, they're going to talk about it like it's the greatest thing in the history of everything. And everybody loves Undertaker and Kane feuding. It's the most fascinating. It's the greatest storyline ever. It's the greatest characters. It's it's all the best, the best, the best. Because it's WWE telling you that it's the best. (laughs) Um, And yes, it was... Certainly the longest, if you're going to talk about, like, length, yeah, sure, totally, dudes. It was a very long feud that I thought was going to last for maybe six to 12-month tops. I was like, well, what else? Because I thought, you know, storyline-wise, Kane's sole purpose in life is to come back and kill The Undertaker. Extract revenge on The Undertaker. Why would he care? He's so specifically – it's just like Nails and the Big Boss Man. Like what's Nails going to do after the Big Boss Man beats him? He came to the WWF just to kill the Big Boss Man. And they had the match and then he was gone. Of course, in real life, Nails choked out Vince McMahon <laughs> backstage and he got fired for – and never you'll never work here again, obviously. He so assaulted the boss. Um. And I know it's not funny as somebody being choked out, but Vince McMahon the, – the image of Vince McMahon being choked out because I can't—I can only picture the McMahon character. Ah, ah, help! You son of a bitch! You son of a bitch! You are fired! Oh my god! Anyway, just you know, in that fucking quaff of his, weaving, bobbing, and weaving back and forth while he's being you know strangled. <laughs> Anyways, all over the place, all over the place. Um. So yeah. Anyway. Geez, that's a long way to get to. i uh, making really no point at all, other than, yeah, I'm watching watching the rivals show. I love the Austin and Rock stuff. I love the Brett and Shawn Michaels. I, you know, I soldiered through the Undertaker and Kane thing, and they they did everything they could to make that sound interesting. I'm sorry, was anybody? This is not to like shit on the Undertaker, because I was certainly there were times where I was definitely watching pay per views. Uh, you know, for Undertaker matches, but it was really, honestly, it was when Undertaker was wrestling Shawn Michaels. Uh, I guess when he was wrestling Brock Lesnar. I guess when he was wrestling CM. You know, later on, like the when the streak was a real thing, uh, Undertaker versus Ric Flair was a big draw for me at WrestleMania 18. But like the rest of who who's watching WrestleMania 9 to see Undertaker versus G- Giant Gonzalez. Or Undertaker versus King Kong Monday at WrestleMania eleven. Undertaker versus Diesel at WrestleMania twelve. I was interested in that, but again, more because it was Diesel, and at that point we knew that Diesel was leaving to go to WCW. So it's like, oh great, one of my favorites is going to be gone soon, so I better enjoy whatever matches he has left. Um, you know, WrestleMania yeah, I didn't order WrestleMania 14 to see Undertaker versus Kane. I didn't give two shit. That was the match I was probably least interested in on that entire card. And it was, you know, it happened exactly as you kind of thought it would. You know, Kane would kick out of a bunch of tombstones and then Undertaker would hit, like, the ultimate jumping tombstone kind of thing. And he did, and that was it. Super duper. Great. Undertaker versus Big Boss, man. Nope, I wasn't ordering WrestleMania 15 for that. <laughs> Anyway, um, and I sure as hell have never in my life ordered any pay-per-view or tuned into anything for anything related to Kane, ever. Not once. I guess the closest thing would be in 2003 when they were advertising that on Monday Night Raw, Kane is going to unmask for the first time. That was the only you know two minutes of time where i was legitimately interested in something that kane was doing but they tell the story like this is the greatest and then they became of course they're brothers and they're talking about it like you know brothers brothers fight and they you know they they squabble sometimes and then they set aside their difference because at the end of the day they're brothers and they love each other it's like the undertaker burned his set his house on fire in the storyline and killed his parents and thought he killed his brother and his brother came back from the dead to try and kill the undertaker but you know brothers are just at the end of the day they're still brothers they're gonna be pals sometimes like what and so they would team up it's the greatest tag team ever the brothers of it's two huge guys yeah i mean it's like But it wasn't a tag team that I had any interest in watching. The only time I ever had any interest in Undertaker and Kane as a tag team was when they wrestled Triple H and Shawn Michaels like three years ago in a match that nobody liked. Undertaker was, you know, they were all disappointed. And Shawn Michaels at the end of it was like, holy shit, I'm too old for this. Why the fuck did I do that? Oh, yeah, for the millions of dollars I'm getting paid to go to Saudi Arabia and have this <laughs> have this uh, coming out of retirement one time only match um, but again that was because I cared to see what Shawn Michaels was going to do and that match stunk except still Shawn Michaels eight and a half years after not wrestling eight and a half years of not wrestling came back and was still better than the other three guys in that match because that's Shawn Michaels and that's why he's he's the best ever Anyways, the original thing. Uh, oh for God's sakes, dude. I, I'm so tired of everything. I'm just very exhausted. I don't know when you're going to hear this cuz I have like I don't even know how many podcast <laughs> I have so many podcast recordings that I've done nothing recently. But in the last few weeks that I need to post, I just haven't done it yet. It just takes, you know, even a few minutes I don't have. And I don't even have this time right now, but the wife and kids stepped out to go to the trampoline park, and I'm exhausted because I was up late doing work, and I just, I want to talk about it. There's so many things, I can't even remember stuff that I haven't talked about. Anyway, uh, so the, the original purpose of this, Vince McMahon, right, um... About a little over a month ago, in the middle of June, these things came out in the Wall Street Journal, paying money, having sex with the whatever. Um, and so the result of that was pretty much immediately Vince McMahon stepped down as CEO and chairman but stayed on still as you know his creative duties – you know being in charge of the wrestling product being in charge of the creative direction of monday night raw and smackdown he's still gonna be you're not you know for the wrestlers they're not really gonna notice much of a change because vince is gonna still be there every week at all the shows and he was and he made an appearance on smackdown uh, you know the week that this all happened and you're thinking wow that's that's kind of (laughs) stupid he's at the center of this, uh, this whole investigation, like the board of directors is invest. I mean, this isn't, this is no, you know, bullshit stuff. Uh, and he came out and you're wondering, um, let me see. I'm trying to find it. Vince McMahon smack down six seventeen. He comes and, and you're just like, what is he going to do? Is he gonna come out and be like the Mr. McMahon character and like you know I'm invincible, you can't stop me, go fuck yourself kind of thing? Because that's not good. Um, or what you know what could he possibly be doing? Is he he's gonna come out and like talk about these investigations and allegations and all this? That would be even dumber. Like what is he is he gonna come out and just pretend like nothing's happening and just keep being a character in the storyline? And Vince McMahon had a fucking match at WrestleMania earlier this year. Like, <laughs> he, got, he got, you know, the the ugliest, most hilarious looking stone called stunner ever, which will now probably end up being the last stone called stunner that Vince McMahon will ever take. And it was the ugliest, but it will be the most memorable because the fucking guy, you know, his spindly legs, all, you know, wobbled backwards into the. The only reason he didn't fall and break his neck is because the ring ropes were there. And then even as Austin tried to grab him, the asshole still couldn't, you know, he's 70, he's going to be 78 in a few weeks, like, you know, I guess, what can you expect? Still funny, though. Anyways, uh, (laughs) so, so it's like, what is he going to do? He's going to come out on SmackDown and do what? And so he came out on SmackDown and let's see if I can get this queued up here. Okay, I don't really care about the opening thing. Alright, and Vince McMahon comes out. No chance in hell! And here's what he had to say. This was June 17th, so a little over a month ago. It's a very brief, very, very brief. Let's see. the WWE Universe, especially a privilege to stand here in this ring in Minnesota. I'm here simply to remind you of the four words we just saw the what we call the WWE signature. Those four words are then, now, forever, and the most important word is together. And that was it. And then he came out uh, the next Monday. He came out on Raw, pretty much just as as short as the as the other one. Uh, let's see here. Get this queued up on the thing here. Get whoa, fast. whoa, whoa, whoa! What? I don't. Get... Just get to fucking the thing I was watching, will you? No, don't go to on demand. Jesus Christ! All right, forget it, forget it, forget it fucking comcast i want to watch the recording that i just had on just moments ago was playing just fine don't switch to the on-demand version okay here comes vince mcmahon this is so this is june 20th monday night raw vince mcmahon comes out he doesn't have a heck of a lot to say but here we go live and in living color you tonight marks the 1,517th edition of monday night raw which makes it well it continues to make it the longest running episodic television show in history and for that i say thank you All right, we, it does. It's so uninteresting. And then he just goes on to say, uh, next week John Cena is going to be here for the 20 year celebration of of John Cena's career. And then the next week Vince McMahon came out on Monday Night Raw. I don't think that was expected. He came out the following week, really just to introduce John Cena. And then Cena came out and you know said some nice things and whatever, uh, and that was it. And so that, I guess that would be June 27th. So that will probably end up being Vince McMahon's final on screen appearance in WWE. Uh, which is crazy because you really, you know, for all the times that you say, oh my God, Vince is going to be around forever. And he's, you know, the product is so like Vince McMahon ish. You can just, there's so many of his trademarks all over the place. Yeah, but you don't think he's ever actually going to leave or going to retire or going to, you know, whatever. Um, And then it happened last week on a Friday, July, whatever it was, 22nd, where he announced on Twitter, he just said, "Eh, the time has come. I'm 77, time to retire or something to that effect. He said, holy shit, he's really, he really is retiring But it's not, you know, not a huge surprise. And Stephanie McMahon and Nick Kahn are the co-CEOs and Triple H is back as, you know, and creative and all that stuff. um, Bruce Prichard running a lot of the stuff that Vince was doing. And it's just kind of funny because like, all right, Vince announces he's stepping down as CEO, but he's staying on creative, you know, he's still running the show okay, Vince McMahon's going to appear on SmackDown. Huh? Vince McMahon's also going to appear on Raw. And you're like, what the hell is he going to do? And then you, you just heard it. He comes out and he says pretty much nothing other than welcome to SmackDown, welcome to Raw, uh, then, now, forever, together. And you can tell from the moment he walked through the curtain it's not quite the Mr. McMahon that we even saw a few months ago at WrestleMania. It's uh, this is a guy who looks like he's coming out here to say goodbye. And then he gets on the microphone and he basically, you know, thank you. Great crowd here. You know, longest episodic, 1,500 episodes. We're almost 30 years of Monday Night Raw. I couldn't have done it without you. John Cena is going to be back next week, and then he comes out the following week and introduces John Cena. And I, you know, now, hindsight being what it is, you look back and you say, yeah, he was." He just said, you know, I know I probably shouldn't be, you know, I'm at the center of this investigation, which only has gotten worse that he's now, it's like, oh, my God, he's paid $16 million. Um, and that's why, I, in reference to Busted Open, I listen to Busted Open Radio whenever, you know, big stuff happens, even though I don't love it because I don't love LaGreca. I certainly don't like Bully Ray. Uh, I love Mark Henry. Um, Tommy Dreamers, eh, he's okay. Uh, but anyway, I wanted, to hear, I wanted to hear them talk about it, you know, if they had any additional news or insights and stuff. As much as I don't like Bully Ray, he's been in the locker room. He's got a lot of insights firsthand stuff you know he sees it differently than we do so it's, it's interesting same with mark henry and tommy dreamer um but they were saying you know bully ray's like did he do anything illegal mm, i don't know i don't think i mean if he used company money sure he's and it's just it's just like he's just defend you know he's like did he do anything that any ceo of any company doesn't do on a daily basis it's like well, that. No, I guess the answer is no. A lot of people do that, but like, yeah, and I guess legally, yeah, maybe there is no law being broken here. If it was a mutual, you know, if she wanted to have sex with Vince, but it's also like a fucking shitty thing to do if you're if you own a company and or you're the CEO of the company, there is a. There's a major power dynamic. Like, you are the most powerful person at that company by far. Vince McMahon, up until Friday, was the most powerful person in the WWE. And, uh, <laughs> honestly, he probably kind of, in a roundabout way, kind of, sort of, still I, still... I still find it hard to believe that he's not, in some way, shape, or form, calling calling the shots in some way but maybe not maybe he's just like yeah i gotta just go home which i can't even fucking imagine what that guy's doing (laughs) every day if he's not in his office or traveling to a a show to do a monday night raw or a pay-per-view or something but anyway uh so bully bully ray is going on about like so is is it illegal is it something that isn't done all the time? Not just at big corporations, but at smaller. But like, it's like, well, yeah, maybe. But that's, are you defending it? <laughs> like, okay. If it's only morally wrong and not legally wrong, that's makes it okay. I don't know. I, I, that's why I don't listen to that show. Cause it's like a lot of, a lot of dumb, dumb talk pretty regularly. Uh it's like, yeah, well, maybe he used company money and then it is illegal. So now you're out, now you don't like what he did. Cuz to me it's like the president of a company. And look, I'm not there. I don't know what happened. But at some point you kind of have to figure if he's shelled out at least 16 million dollars. <laughs> more money than most of us will see in a, a thousand lifetimes. <laughs> uh to 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 people that he has slept with obviously you know uh being unfaithful to his wife and whatever i don't i don't care about that only because i don't give a shit about linda mcmahon uh i think she's just as evil as (laughs) as anybody else in that company if not more so uh so whatever um you know clearly that's that's not a marriage made in heaven they've uh, you know they've probably hated each other for a long long time anyway uh so that that annoyed me listening to Busted open. that's why I'm just like I'm not listening to this anymore. I can't stand it. It's like it's the fucking C team after they had some really talented people on this and, I, and they just have like the dopiest insights um but anyway. And, and and I get it. I get it. Like Vince is kinda he's kinda like the cult leader. Like, you know, either either people know they're never gonna go back to WWE and they don't give a shit and they're gonna tell you Vince McMahon's a fucking piece of shit. Or there's other people who are like, well, I'm not in WWE now, but I could be someday. I don't want to shit on Vince McMahon. So, you know, they'll take it easy on Vince McMahon. Just because he slept with a girl and then paid her millions of dollars doesn't mean he did anything wrong. So anyway, uh yeah. So So yeah, so it came out last week that he's he's paid a lot more than 3 million now. 16 million that we know of maybe even and there's there's rumblings that there's even more news to be revealed. So I think Vince finally just said, "Okay. I better just be gone now. <laughs> For the good of the company and whatever, uh it's time to go." So, but I I think he probably knew that uh, long before last Friday. Um, I'm guessing he probably just kept it, you know, until Friday. And I think that's evidenced by his final appearances his two Raw and one SmackDown appearance last month, where he came out and they really served no purpose. Never in a million years, under any circumstances, would Vince McMahon have just come out and say, Hey, everybody, thanks for coming to SmackDown. Together, forever, whatever. <laughs> Together, forever, whatever. Uh, you know, thanks for coming out. Thanks for all, of the, all the money. And then left. Yeah, maybe, you know, to come out and introduce John Cena, yeah, that, that could have happened under any other circumstance. But just to come out smack SmackDown and to say, like, 10 seconds worth of stuff and really not say anything, but at the same time saying everything, which is... Hey, I just wanted to come out one last time on SmackDown to stand in this ring one last time to see you people one last time to thank you one last time, and I'm gonna do it again on Raw because that's that's my baby. I created Raw almost 30 years ago, and uh, and I'm gonna come out on Raw and I'm gonna do the same thing, and then I'm gonna do one more final thing. While the additional news about me has still not yet come out, I'm going to come back next week on Raw and I'm going to introduce, uh, you know, one of the all-time greats, John Cena. I'm a little surprised uh, that he stepped down Friday. I honestly, they were in Madison Square Garden on Monday. They were in Boston on Friday and he he wasn't there. And like Brock Lesnar walked out. <laughs> he said fuck this i'm out of here and they they got him to come back i got whatever they did i'm sure vince probably called him personally and said dude do this for me go back go back and and you know do your job don't fucking you know <laughs> don't go down with the with the ship with me um i am the ship don't go down. Yeah, anyway uh, so so vince McMahon wasn't in the boston uh, td garden last week uh and he wasn't – and I just thought, man, like I would have – if I were him, I would have thought, yeah, I'll stick around for one more week. Give me one more week, guys. You know, not that he's going to come out in Boston, but like you would have you thought like maybe like Vince and MSG. I mean, my God, how many how many decades of Vince McMahon in Madison Square Garden. It's, it's WWE's home for decades and decades, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. I mean, you know. And in recent years, they finally started going back to MSG after they kind of kicked MSG to the curb and went to the the younger, prettier Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Um, And I'm very happy that they've been back in MSG. But anyways, I would have thought Vince would have come back one more week just or even just a few more days. I mean, he retired on Friday. Like, what would have stopped him from just retiring on, like, you know, this Friday one more week, I don't think would have made much of a difference, but it's only Wednesday, at the time that I'm saying this, it's June uh, July 27th, so who knows? There could be a big <laughs> additional details on Vince McMahon coming out today or tomorrow that are really bad, and so maybe he just said, "All right, I better get the fuck out of here, get out of dodgeball." I still can, and maybe he maybe he thought he wouldn't even have a chance to go to Madison Square Garden. But I'm just I, that's the one thing I'm surprised that he wouldn't have come out one more time in the fucking garden to just like soak that in one last time so that's kind of strange to me but oh, whatever uh so anyway vince mcmahons he's gone he's done like completely done <laughs> you know it's vince mcmahon so you never quite know but again just watching him on smackdown watching him on raw it was not the usual Mr. McMahon character. He he seemed to be pretending that everything was great, but you could I mean he's not fooling anybody. Watching him walk down to the ring, watching it. I mean, it's just like, no. Nah. This is a Vince McMahon who's saying, thank you. Goodbye. You're probably not ever gonna see me again in this ring. That was what that's what that was to me. Yeah, so he's he's gone. No more Vince. Uh yeah, he's, he's quite the little sex fiend, that Vince McMahon. Anyway, uh, boy, oh, boy, there's so much. I feel like there's a lot to talk about, and I don't even remember the last time I did a podcast. And like I said, if you're listening to this, you've already gone through like the five or six podcasts that I, as of recording this, that you're listening to right now, still haven't posted. Not sure when. Soon be- before the end of the week, I plan to post all of these. Uh, yeah, you know, <sighs> I, f- I feel like there's just one like sort of big looming thing. I guess not. I have to go because I have a meeting in a few minutes and I just wanted to take a little time. I, I wanted to give my own Vince McMahon together birthday boy podcast. Then, now, whatever, whatever. <laughs> uh, unlike. Uh, Vince McMahon, the CEO of the Birthday Boy podcast, is not going anywhere anytime soon, at least if I have anything to say about it. Uh, yeah, I guess that's about it. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm like I, – I just feel like there's like one little thing that I wanted, but I, I don't even know. I don't even know what it is. Uh, got a fun weekend coming up. That's, that's what I can say, uh, and I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, thinking about taking Friday off because I am, uh, there's burnout and then there's like, whoa, major burnout. And then there's like the extra burnout on top of the burnout. And that's that's where I find myself because it's just been, and the good thing about being a contractor, i said this before, I'm getting paid for every second of it. So at least there's that. <laughs> but, uh, oh man. And, uh, and our project uh, was supposed to, yeah, we were supposed to be, I don't know. I wouldn't say done, but the, but the key milestone, the go live date, uh, was coming up just in the next like week or two. And, and now it's October, <laughs> which is good because there's a lot of shit that needs to be done. But it's also like, oh, God damn it. Now I, I was really just, I just wanted us to just push through the finish line because I don't know how much more I have in me and to to you know to delay that and to have so few resources working on the projects and stuff it's like oh, baby so uh, you know that's why you're not hearing much from me as of late uh i've been i did in the last week i was able to make some time to go to the pool with my children which i did pretty much every day last summer and and many summers before that and not every day but a, but a lot of days and uh, i had a pretty good streak uh from last Wednesday until Sunday so what's that five five days in a row let me tell you man <laughs> and i think i might have some some taffy time recordings that are that you hopefully have listened to by now i haven't posted as of recording this but you know going to uh i'll tell you what every fucking day wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday uh, and then I think Monday was raining, so I don't think we went to the pool Monday, but all of those days I had two cello pieces of thing, candy, whatever you want to call it. And boy, oh boy, is that just, that's perfect. These cello ones. And you know, the taste is pretty good, but like, it's just the right amount. Like it doesn't make me all like groggy like some of the other stuff does. It makes me, like, you know, feel kind of silly and relaxed, and it's, oh, my God, it's fantastic. Oh, my God, it's fantastic. So, anyway, uh, yeah, that's been fun. (laughs) Probably a little too, you know, up until now, it was, like, maybe once a week, a Friday and or Saturday, and last night, Tuesday was like the I think the first time in over a week, I think last Monday, I didn't have any uh taffy, and last night I didn't have any taffy, and that's about it, <laughs> and so I'm kind of saying, okay, so last night i you know we both took the night off uh yeah and then and then really uh well, you know, we still had fun, that wife and I. <laughs> Oh, doctor, that was, uh, anyways, anyways, don't need to get into those details, <laughs> I think I've already, in previous podcasts, I'm still debating on whether or not I'm going to post them, I think I've given you enough details about my, about my uh, schlonger, don't need to talk about uh, the other stuff, anyways, I guess that's about it, I guess that's it for now, yeah, I don't have much time before this meeting, so, Uh, and yeah, I know my voice pro I, I, I feel like my voice sounds really weird. It's because I, I don't have like my full voice. Um, I, I mean, I do, but I don't. And it's like, it's like this weird, yeah, like gravelly kind of thing, because that, that's the only way to talk and not have my voice hurt when I talk. And it's not because of podcasting. It's because of all the yelling that I do when I'm, at work well i'm i'm at home you know my home office but i'm working and there's times where i'm just fucking screaming for any number of reasons either somebody is doing something stupid or we're being you know continuously pushed over the edge with you know what our our limits are and that kind of thing or just any number of things and so yeah my my voice is a little uh, yeah it's a little weird and even on even on meetings at work, I'm just like God. These people, we're, this isn't this isn't what I usually sound like. So anyway, it's a weird thing. It's not like I'm putting on an affect or something, you know, to try and sound grizzled and tough. No, I really just don't have a voice. <laughs> I try to. It it comes and goes, but you know, uh, it was, it was actually coming back pretty nicely yesterday. And then I had a fucking screaming fit by myself alone in the, uh, at the computer that, oh yeah, it was, it was not good. And then I just, yeah. uh, Anyway. All right. I'm out of time. Uh, Go to birthdayboyshop.com. You're not going to, but anyways, do it if you can. And we'll talk to you next time on the birthday boy podcast. Later gators.